For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey guys, another episode of the Believe in Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. It is episode 57, and we're both back in studio. So that's cool. Wade, welcome. Thank you. There's AC here, so I had to come. Yeah. It's been, uh, I feel like record heat the last couple of days. It's been brutal. Yeah. Do you see, I just saw, we're going to get political for a second, so strap it on. Whoa. Uh, Trump talking about the wildfires in Northern California, like it's not his problem. <laughs> he, he was recommending to uh, all of our Northern California listeners that they need to rake the leaves more so we don't get uh, wildfires in the area. That's why fires are starting because we're not raking we leaves. Don't, we don't take care of the, the forest floors enough. Gotcha. The environmentalists, you know, are very particular about the dead leaves in the wood. And he recommends, you know. Uh, we should take care of that. Or he's going to – he basically threatened to withhold federal aid if we don't do that. If we don't rake leaves. Yeah. So that's the big problem. And as usual, he's out in front of these things and uh, is one of the brightest minds when it comes to to forestry. So I kind of trust him going forward with this. We'll look into it. Next year, we'll be ready. On today's show, was that enough, was that enough politics for you? That was enough for me. <laughs> uh, we're pro-California on the show. So we're talking a little bit of Morihone who – came up and made his 2020 debut. He pitched a little bit last year. You guys will remember, uh, but was by far the most effective he's looked in any stint. He looks great so far with the Padres. And we'll talk about what he did. One Michel. I believe you've met my fitness consigliere, Michel. Baez is, uh, has been finally called up. So we needed the bullpen help. And I don't know why Baez wasn't up yet. Maybe he, he was working on something. Maybe he, I don't know. I don't know. I never heard anything about why. I thought he was hurt. Bias. I assumed something was was he was hurt. Yeah, but I didn't hear that. If if you know what it was, tweeted the show. But preseason, I thought it made a lot of sense that he be in the bullpen already with expanded rosters. Morhone, you want him to start. Bias. I feel, I feel like we're just going to have him in the bullpen going forward. So why was he not up? We'll talk about it. But first, Wade, how quickly. The tables turn because three days ago I had in our show notes, um, didn't know we were going to record. So I had our, our no, preliminary notes up early and the notes began with RIP fam as in, you know, I'm not, I'm not 17. I mean, fam in the literal fam as in Tommy fam. Just want to clarify that. Not F-A-M-P-H-A-M. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've never used uh, the first fam in a, a sentence out loud or unironically. You have. I use fam all the time. Yeah. Uh, and then I had RIP Padres. Question mark? So. Nope. Those were the, <laughs> how quickly things changed. So in three, in those three days, we've uh, we, the Padres have become a national sensation. We've had three straight days of grand slams, uh, three straight wins, and minus a few baseball, call them baseball dinosaurs, like Keith Hernandez. And we're going to throw Chris Woodward in here too. 
all of MLB and it seems like all the fans and anyone who has anything to do with baseball players, coaches, analysts are all on the Padres bandwagon now, which is incredible. It's never happened before in the history of our franchise. As far as I'm, I remember, do you remember anything like this? The national support for the Padres, like you've seen the last couple of days? Not at all. I mean, Tatis almost feels like the next Ken Griffey Jr. He's getting tweeted at by the other stars. I just saw this Vlad and Acuna and Soto that he's the MVP. Like they're all tweeting that at Tatis. That's so sweet. Which uh, you were telling me ESPN didn't have war out on him yet. You said it was. You said, I was looking at ESPN stats today, and yeah, the war says zero. Don't look at ESPN stats. So Fangraphs has him at a two. I didn't check what Baseball Reference was, and it's really funny because Tatis. I didn't plan on talking about Tatis at all today because it's kind of. I mean, we're a, we're a weekly show, so we're not trying to be newsy. But with Tatis, I noticed his BABIP is actually lower this year than it was last year. Uh, his strikeout percentage went down, and his walk rate has gone up and you, you know, you're, you're hearing things about how nothing he's doing sustainable. Yeah. He's not He's on pace for 72 home runs as of uh, this is Thursday before the game on Thursday um, leads the league in runs, RBIs, home runs um, hitting, hitting 317 as of right now, which was what he hit last year. So it's interesting that the BABIP is lower because he's also, he also has like the highest exit velocity in the league. He, everything hits is hard. If you watch the games, he doesn't make a soft out. He does strike out. Um, I think he's at 27% right now. But that's an improvement over last year. So if the BABIP's down and the strikeouts are down, these are nor- these numbers are actually normalizing. I know they're crazy numbers, but uh, they've they've some of these numbers have normalized compared to last year. So people that are saying, like, he can't sustain it. Yeah, no shit. He can't sustain um, being prob- one of the best players ever. Yeah, he's not gonna hit, I don't he's not gonna hit 70 home runs. Okay. Yeah, we know that's not sustainable. But is he a legitimate in a 60 game season, a legitimate triple crown candidate a third of the way through the season? Yeah, he is. So welcome to the Tati show. Um, I just think it's crazy that to go with Tatis, you've got Cronenworth, who's a legit rookie of the year candidate. That was kind of a, an afterthought, maybe just not a, a throw in piece, maybe not a, for Preller. Maybe he wasn't a throw in pre throw in piece. Like Preller saw something in him. Obviously he got included in the deal. Uh, but he was like a, a fringe top 20 prospect and no one really expected him to be impactful. I think in a, in a regular season, 162 games, you thought, okay, he's a bench bat. He's, he's versatile. You can, you can pitch him. You can play him around the infield and he's become just the starting second baseman. And he yeah. runs, he runs a little he hits for a little power, does everything kind of well and is a rookie of the year candidate. Yeah. He has sneaky speed on that stolen base. Yeah. Kind of came out of nowhere. I think he's become a fan favorite just because. I don't know, for maybe a few reasons. One, you didn't expect him to be. Two, he's got a nickname that just kind of lends itself um, to play around with, like or his last name lends itself for, for nicknames. Crone Dog. Crone Dog. Crone Millionaire. I don't know. There's a million things you could do. Uh, crony. The, he's, he's just – he doesn't even look like a guy that if you're walking down the street, you would think, oh, he's a big-time baseball player. Not at all. He's kind of – he kind of has got like a Wade look to him. Wow. Like kind of a – like uh, a little pasty, not super athletic, but, you know, surprises you. And I think people like the underdog. So they're like, he doesn't look like a big star. He doesn't act like a star. He was just this afterthought in the deal and he's taken off. So I think you become a crowd favorite pretty easily when that happens. Um, The controversy. So we're talking about the Padres uh, getting all the support. I think the controversy with Tatis's 3-0 swinging at a 3-0 count um, – with the score the way it was, it was 10 to three. 
that's kind of propelled the Padres into the, I think that's given them energy. I think it's given them national recognition. And I think it's one of the best things to happen to the Padres in a long time. You even see like Barstool running with it. Barstool's crazy on Tatis right now. So the young kids are starting to like him. I feel like we're going to get a lot of kids trying to do the cornrows. I think he he does uh he doesn't have cornrows. He's got dreads, doesn't he? Dreads. Yeah. Yeah, not a good look for the whites the whites out there to do the the dreads. Probably not. You can do cornrows though. Uh how about this? Padres win the World Series this year. You and I get cornrows. Deal. Give me give me some of that. Okay. Social um, distancing handshake. <laughs> uh yeah, that's that's on tape now, so you better step up when the time comes. I'll gladly do that. If the Padres win the World Series. We'll, we'll sum that on social as well. Um, I just think it's it's great to have the kinds of brands supporting the Padres. Like the, the, the people that care about baseball that are drawing youth back to baseball are probably like the Barstool groups, like Cespedes Family Barbecue, Twitter account. I know you're you're more in touch with that crowd than I am. Who, who Not the, the uh, Keith Hernandez just for men crowd. No, if you're if you're a, a just for men sponsor, you're probably not the future of baseball, and that was a bad look for Keith Hernandez. I'm a, I'm a Keith Hernandez. Uh, I don't know what's what's the word. I guess I liked him. You just like that Simmons calls out Keith Hernandez moments. No, I I, I, did, I have nothing. What does Simmons say about Keith Hernandez? You know, no, his whole Seinfeld appearance. That's why I like I liked him because he was on Seinfeld, and he was most ju- overrated show of all time. Get out. It's the office, and you know that. I, I Seinfeld's the best show of all time. So I False. I did like the Keith Hernandez uh, double episode where he dates Elaine, and she has to break up break up with him because he's a smoker. But um, and Jerry has to break up with him because he asked him to move. Would you help me move if I asked you? No. Yeah. Okay. Maybe ten years ago, but now no. Got to watch that that back for softball. Oh yeah. Can't get hurt. Back when it was like a thirty pack and a pizza, and I'd be like, sure. <laughs> uh, so. The Padres, as of right now, have, according to 538, have a 70% chance of making the playoffs, 17% chance to win the division, 2% chance to win the World Series. And I thought those odds would all be a lot higher. Um, Even the division? I feel like the Dodgers have already won it. We're four games back. Eh, They're hot. They're hot. Who's hotter than us? Nobody. Us. Us. (laughs) Us. Uh, I haven't seen the gambling odds improve, though. I'm seeing... Places where they opened at sixty to sixty to one, I'm still seeing them at sixty to one, and you can see it at fifty to one or uh, forty to one. But I haven't really seen. If you were at forty to one, they're still at forty to one. If you open at sixty, they're still sixty. So, um, I think we ebb and flow a lot more wildly than gambling odds or playoff percentages. Like, is a is a fan base they lose five in a row and like, all right, cancel Season's the season. Over, yeah. Let's uh, where, when's that COVID outbreak supposed to happen? And then they win three in a row and you're like, we're back. The best team in <laughs> World Series. Print the shirts. <laughs> so looking ahead, they've got three games with the Astros coming up, which I think are pretty big. That's after we finish up with the Rangers today. And then a quick two versus the Mariners. Big Vetter Cup. Did you catch that fly? I did. No, it's you on, ready the, for on it? the wall. It was on the wall right there. Damn it. <laughs> You've got a fly. I think it's because I left this white claw uh, in the office maybe. It's empty, but, you know, flies. So four games after the Mariners with the Colorado Rockies at home. Do we play better in Colorado or here when we play the Rockies? I feel like they play us better here and we play them better there. I feel like we haven't played well against the Rockies in years. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. 
but uh, we do hit trip, we do hit cycles. True in cores. That's one thing you gotta appreciate. So that's gonna be a really big series. I think four game set. Uh, we're, we'll be about halfway through the season by the time that that series is over. So like that, I think has some pretty big uh, you know connotations for the seeding in the NL West. Got to get that two seed. I think. I don't think you want to to risk being one of those uh, wild cards. You know, finish second in the West, you automatically get in. Oh, yeah. yeah. Follow me here, Wade. Yep. So uh, I think uh, – I don't know – I don't remember off the top of my head what the the bracket for the playoffs will look like for the two seeds. But it's it's not going to be as hard as the wild cards, that's for sure. I think you get two – is it four wild cards? How many wild cards is that? I – to be honest, I'm not even. It's confusing as shit. Yeah. So that you, there's three divisions in the in the National League. The top two from each division get in. So that's six teams. Really? What? Are, like so the, two wild cards. The central second place though, like, could have a below 500 record, and they're still in. We, I mean, the, didn't the Cardinals win the World Series that way? They went, they went like 82 and 80 in 2015 or something. Oh, maybe that sounds about right. And I think we took advantage of that one year too. Like 06. Seems unfair. It, this year, there's no excuse. If you're not good enough to make the playoffs this year, kick rocks. There's no excuse this year. You, you've got two chances in your division, and then you have two chances at a wild card. So I don't want to hear excuses. And the Padres, I mean, the Padres, 70% chance right now to make the playoffs. So uh, do we feel good about 70%? Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. I am saying there's a chance. Oh, we have a – before we get into the rest of the topics, uh, we've got a new read for you that I did not send you. So let me stall and pull that up. Did somebody say playoffs? The NBA, MLB, and NHL. You were really pleased with yourself on that. <laughs> oh, I did that well. <laughs> did you? The NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. I've been thinking about putting a lot of money on the Blazers to win the series. Um, what do you think of that? You haven't. You're too scared. Dame time. I did bet on the Lakers game one, but that's how you hedge, you know? Okay. If you're if you're gambling aficionado, you know how to hedge. And I'm pulling for Portland. So don't bet like Ryan. Don't voice take, crack like Wade. And take full advantage of sports being back and get, into, get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And there's always the online casino as well. Blackjack, shout out. It never closes. Blackjack takes all my money. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Pretty good read. Thank you. So, Adrian Morihone. I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past the prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. First start of the year, uh, I think everybody was very excited when Morihone got the call up, and then they were very excited when he pitched, and then uh, he had like a no-hitter through three, and then um, had to pull him. So he was on a pitch count. Thanks, uh, Tingler. The pitch count was at 40. People were furious that they took him out, and then uh, our friend Austin's guy, Javier, comes in and couldn't have been worse. So uh, Gives up a laser first pitch. Has he not been sent down yet? To the alternate site? I have not seen him sent down, but... What is he doing up? He's got to go. I've been yelling about this for a week now. Why is Javier up? And then he wants to trade him for, like, a good reliever. Uh, yeah. Austin, get your shit together. Keep dreaming. So, has Moyhone turned a corner? It is his first game. 
Um, but in spring training last year, when you saw him pitch, um, he didn't look ready and he's still very young. I think he's still only 21. He might be 22 by now. I think he's 21. It's really young, especially yeah. for pitchers. You see phenom pitchers come up and have a lot of success right away. Cause he got an $11 million signing bonus, didn't he? Yeah. Out of Cuba. Yeah. So he, but I mean, so did Yadier Alvarez on the Dodgers. Who? Yeah. So it does, just cause you got the signing bonus, I, you get the chance. It helps if, if you can make your way up to the majors, you're going to get a chance. They invested a lot in you. And I don't know. Has he has he turned some kind of corner or is just a small sample size? Well, yes, it's a small sample size. Um, he, he was the number six prospect coming into the year. A little bit of prospect fatigue just because he's been around so long. He, you know, the international signing class of uh, 2016, the big one. And been around a long time. So if you don't remember a lot about him, he, he basically, I mean, it's according to baseball savant, he throws four pitches. I... I don't know. Sometimes you have a tough time differentiating fastballs, but they say fastball sinker, uh, curve and change. Mostly a fastball pitcher. Had a 40% K rate the other day in his, in his uh, start. He was missing a ton of bats. He looked great. Huge improvement from last year. Um, I don't think there was one barreled pitch off of him in three innings. So that's all great. It is the Rangers. The Rangers, before we ran into him, were having an okay season. They're floating around 500. But, um, where was I going with that? What, what do you, are you, how excited are you for more hone? And I don't know. Do you want to see more of him starting? I would like to see more of him starting. I think, I mean, our fifth starter is kind of going to be like that where it's just a starter. Seems only like we going, don't have one right now. Only going through the rotation one time and he did The lineup, it. go through the lineup one right. time. Yeah. He did it perfectly or no, he walked somebody. He did it. Yeah. He faced 10 batters. Sucks. Um, it just brings into question, like, why is he up and not Gore? Uh, has more experience at the major league level, I'd say. Um, the Padres have more data on him against major league pitching and I don't, or hitting. I mean, I, I, I don't have a great answer. I don't think anybody would have a great answer to that question. Why is he up instead of Gore? Um, it could just be the experience. It could be something they saw at the alternate site. It could be they just want to save Gore. Uh, I don't. I don't know if we need to see Gore this year. I think we all anticipated seeing Gore, but he's the prized stallion in the barn. Uh, I don't know if you need to run him this year. I don't think he's going to be the difference maker people think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to walk in and blow up Major League Baseball right away. It's always a, there's always a chance. You know, a new pitcher that that happens where you run through the league and they don't teams don't get a second look at you. Maybe they don't get to adjust and you have a lot of success in that first year. That could still happen with more at home. Like there's no reason he has this, he has good enough stuff where he could run through the league. I mean, Joey Lucchese had a really productive first season and then teams kind of adapt to you. And how do you adapt back? Uh, more home. I would like to see them use him sparingly. Uh, kind of like what we've seen with Cal Quantrill. Although I don't, I don't necessarily want him in a bullpen role. I'd like both of them to do what we were talking about preseason and do some piggybacking. And they, they were talking about doing that with Luis Patino. I thought Patino was going to pitch the day more. Did he pitch later in the game? I believe um, so. He came in, but like I expected Morihone to pitch, you know what, what he did. They, they said 40 pitches and I expected him to go three, four innings. And then you bring in Luis Patino to go another two or three innings. And then you get to the bullpen. So I don't know why, um, 
they didn't do that. They have their reasons, but I'd like to see more of Cal in an expanded role, not necessarily long relief, but if you start him, you know, pitch him three innings. If he comes, I don't know in. with how bad our bullpen is, might keep Cal in the bullpen. Yeah, there's no there's no good option in the bullpen right now other than Drew Pomeranz. There isn't. Strom was having some success, and then he blew the game yesterday. So he comes in a high leverage situation, which he hasn't done a lot of, and then you blow it. So did you see him shake Hedges off on that pitch? Shook off more than once, didn't he? Yeah. So that's not a great look. No. I don't know. Uh, I would I would do the I would start piggybacking some guys, and you limit their innings, you limit the number of times they go through the order. You limit their pitch counts long term. Like everything, you, you're you're saving hard innings later in the game by having guys you know go through the order one time, maybe two, and get them out of there. And I, the guys that we have that are capable of doing that, Quantrill, Morahone, maybe Patino, maybe Gore, have and then save the bullpen that day. I I've I've liked that since day one. I liked it spring training, and I don't know if that's too radical idea for the Padres front office. Maybe they don't want to be relying on this opener strategy or this piggybacking strategy, but it seems like something to consider. And I think they are considering it, but Tingler, does Tingler seem like a new school approach guy or no, like a, a, a new analytics shot? Like uh, not at all. He doesn't. And I know some of these, even deci- just last night with the runner on second, he's bunting. Yeah. To get so, him to third. Some of these decisions uh, do not ref- are, are not Tinglers to make probably like who's starting what day. It's not always up to Tingler or like maybe the situation dictates X and Tingler doesn't get a say. And that's, we don't really know what's Tinglers and what's not, but yeah, you pinch hit for hedges and then you have the pinch hitter bunt, which right. is when hedges is a great bunter. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what uh stack tracks for bunting, but with our eyeballs, we've seen hedges be a good bunter this year. I think everyone knows that. So you pinch it for him, you you put Garcia in and he bunts and then I don't know. Um It worked out. T- it did work out. <laughs> like everything worked out yesterday. Uh but but Tingler, I don't know. We're we're starting to learn more about Tingler as difficult situations arise. You saw the reaction after Manny's grand or um Tatis's grand slam. Not a great response from him the first day. He's kind of walked some things back and he's jumped to Tatis's Defense, but yeah, the fans are turning on. Him. I think Tingler is learning some things this year about being uh, a major league team leader, which is, I mean, the main job of the manager, other than picking which pitcher comes into the game later in, you know, the seventh, eighth night, like kind of setting up your bullpen. That's kind of all they do during a game. But leading the team when you know before and after the game and on on road trips, um, like their job is to be the leader in the face and the voice of the team. He's kind of learning some things about that. Like everything he says is really important publicly. So he's learning about, I think, some intense game situations that he hasn't probably seen before. You know, when you're the manager, new thing. I mean, the adage is like, if you watch a baseball game, you're going to see something new every time. I think Mark Grant talks about that a lot. Every, every time you go to the ballpark, you see something new. And so Tingler uh, doesn't have a ton of experience being a manager. I know he coached Dominican summer league, but it's a different game over here. So he's learning some things about managing. I think he's learning some things about being a leader. I still like him long-term. I do wonder how much of an old school dinosaur approach he has. And that does worry me a little bit. I didn't think about that before the year. I assumed he'd be a new school guy. Not sure about that anymore. 
The other big pitcher news that we talked about was Michelle Baez getting called up. So we were talking about the terrible bullpen earlier and we, we've been talking about how long we've been talking about Baez coming up like the last couple of weeks, like where's Baez, where's Baez. Uh, he is getting promoted from the alternate site. And my thought was it's about time. So I don't know what the reason was for keeping him down. What was he working on? Uh, but he's been a beast. So in the minors, he was, he's been typically a starter. He came over from Cuba as well during guess what? The 2016 international free agency class. I think so. Does that sound I mean, that sounds right. Sounds right. He came, I remember he signed at kind of an unusual time. It wasn't, you know, typically when the free, the international class signs, they have all these deals done early. And when the signing day comes, they all are, you know, their pen is in the hand already ready to sign. I think he signed late. Um, I don't know where this, I don't remember the circumstances of why, but I think he signed late. He got off to a late start and he blew up on the prospect scene really quickly because he was a little old for the competition. He's six foot eight. He's a monster. He, he can pump it up to 98. He lives at 95 pretty comfortably. And he had a huge strikeout rate in the minors. He was kind of always old uh, for the level when he was pitching, which led to some of these numbers, but he, he flew up a lot of prospect boards really quickly. He, I think as of uh, the call up or going into this year, he was around the eighth best prospect. And I think it's because uh, as we're seeing, he had a lot of reliever risk more than usual because of his height. They say for starters, uh, it's it's harder to re- repeat your delivery once you become you know over six five like the six 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 seven guys. It's hard to to re- replicate that delivery, and he's had some back issues. And I think they're more comfortable with him being in the bullpen going going forward. And that was kind of the, the thought with him. And I think that's fine if he becomes a lights out reliever, which was the assumption. Oh, you just move him to the bullpen, he becomes like a gr- like closer level quality. Uh, right. And our bullpen can't get any worse. So give him a shot. Got, we've got nothing else in the bullpen, like holding him back. So get him in there. Um, I assume he's going to be mostly two pitch at this point, fastball, which has been awesome. And then the slider, which was his, his knockout pitch last year. But I remember him like going through the, the baseball savant data on him from, from last year. It's in, also, just my memory of watching him pitch, it seemed like he developed some kind of changeup midseason. Do you remember him throwing a lot of changeups, and they were pretty effective? I don't remember specifically, but I'm sure you're you are correct on this one. Yeah, I remember them breaking down his changeup because in the minors, it seemed like he didn't throw a lot of changeups, and he relied on his fastball slider combination to strike a lot of people out. And now it seems like uh, to pair with this fastball, which has elite spin rate on it which is all, all the rage these days. Um, he's going to go with this, this changeup a lot more. And I, he's, he throws, I think it's mostly fastball, but he's also, I think he's, he's relying less and less on the slider and throwing more changeups um, than he ever has. So we'll see what he ends up going with this year. Speaking of spin rates, I wanted to, cause you're a Trevor Bauer guy, aren't you? Love Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer has been all over the place lately. And I was listening to um, some baseball show on the way over here today. And they were talking about, how remember when Trevor Bauer was complaining that it's no it's no secret that the Astros have the the best spin rates in baseball because they use some foreign substance to like increase their spin rates. Have you heard this? I have not, but I know he hates everything there is to do about the Astros. Yeah, and so he's been publicly accusing them of using something to increase the spin rates on their fastballs. And so when when pitchers go there, 
it kind of unlocks this potential because their spin rate that is that for a fastball, a four seam fastball, or even a two, like spin rates, one of the most important things you can do to maximize it. And he's like, Oh yeah, no, it's no surprise. They're having a lot of success over their pitching because they're, they're doing something illegal this year. Trevor Bauer, who's off to a great start has magically increased the spin rate on his fastball by 12% and leads baseball in spin rate. So I just thought that was pretty funny. I heard that on the way over. And a lot of people are kind of, uh, you know, raising some eyebrows with that data from Trevor Bauer. As a Trevor Bauer apologist, what do you have to say? He's a nerd. He probably looked up every single thing there is to know about spin rate, studied it and found something. I don't think he's cheating. I think he just does more research than other people. Does some research on which uh, sunscreen gets you the best grip on the ball. You know, sunscreen's not illegal. He is a Padre fan, so. He does love Tatis. Supports Tatis. So we support him. Yeah. You know, you support us. We support you. Um, you see his Joe Kelly cleats? Don't get caught. Uh, yeah, the cleats he didn't get to wear. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really get the cleats because Joe Kelly should have been suspended. Like, you don't, do you disagree? He should have been suspended. No, he should have been suspended, but. He was kind of, he was kind of a dick. Let's be honest. I don't have a problem with anybody throwing at the Astros. Uh, me neither, but you just expect your expected suspension. Like, yeah, that's fine. Um, why wasn't that pitcher thrown out of the game who threw at Manny Machado? Those umps were so dumb. That that French sounding name, the the fat dude who looks like he works at KFC. And then Tati stole on him too. Yeah, he was out by the way. No, he wasn't. I thought for sure they got his foot. No. Look at the replay. No, Clint Frazier. He's a dinosaur. He can't tag Tatis. <laughs> uh, Todd Frazier. Todd Frazier. Clint Frazier. Definitely not. He's uh, one of your yeah. kissed by Todd fire. Todd Frazier, I remember still. Three reverse. Little League team. New mm. Jersey. Still remember that. Same swing. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom's reverse, New Jersey. That was it. Not three. Three reverses, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Clear that up. Good. Um, anything else from you today? I think we did it. Let's get a W. Yeah. Let's uh, get the brooms out. Brooms are out. It's already been a great series. But it has. And Woodward's a terrible manager. I'll take some. I'll take a cherry on the top. You know. Can we play the Texans or the Rangers all the time? Yeah. Get the name wrong. They don't matter. The tech. Yeah. They're the Texans. Who cares? Not important. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the show. Please follow the show's Twitter account at Friar Farmhands. And if you enjoyed the show, subscribe. We're on all your favorite platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. For Wade, I'm Ryan Hart. See you guys next week. Just for men doesn't even work. Toward your destination Though you may find from time to time Maybe in Anaheim. Owning an Anaheim car dealership for an, an NBA player who makes $35 million a year. I think I'd invest elsewhere. Yeah, Russell Westbrook Hyundai of Anaheim. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.